0: This is Rugga Matrix America. Welcome to the show, everybody. Rugga Matrix America is brought to you by Aircraft Charter Solutions. This is Alex Goff, editor of the Goff Rugby Report. And I've been selfish for the last couple of shows. Pretty much, well, Bruce was on... With me, but no Pat, and then another one where I just did it myself. Uh, Maybe I should just shut up and let you guys do the show um, uh, without me, and I'll just uh, click buttons and stuff in the background. Uh, But Pat is back. We're so happy about that, and and Bruce is back.
1: I said we'd have more listeners. (laughs) (laughs) But I'm bummed.
2: Oh, man. He got you on that one.
0: He did. I walked right into it, too. Uh, Pat, haven't seen you in a while. What's up?
2: Just still uh, pretending to be a college rugby coach um, and, and 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 pretending to be a rugby writer at the same time. So, um, you know, living that uh, weird dichotomy and 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 trying to convince people to come play for a team that's never won a game before.
0: You've, you're a virtual rugby coach at the moment, right?
2: Right. It is kind of weird because, like, I used to play like NCAA 2015, and like I was the weird guy who enjoyed the recruiting part between the actual playing the video game. So, uh, yeah, now I'm kind of living it.
0: Well, it's like um, fantasy baseball. Oh, no, when uh, you It's it's draft day. That's the fun part, right?
2: Yeah. I am excited about the NFL draft, and Bruce works the NFL draft, and I'm jealous of that. I don't work it
1: anymore because it's in Chicago. I worked it for years and years, and I was just going to say, Pat, you're going to probably talk about the NFL draft. You're going to sound like my son. <laughs> he he comes down and talks to me about it incessantly for like 45 minutes a night about where everyone's going. But I've coached rugby in the fall for so many years and played rugby in the fall for so many years. I don't even watch college football except at the very, very end of the season. Even then, I don't even know what's going on. So it's almost laughable. I have no idea what's happening in college you football. You I'm
2: the same way, but I just get so excited about, you know, it's it's the it's the brand new... Uh, time of the year to start being optimistic and foolishly so usually for your 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 pro football team and though your saturdays are carved out I know you watch some Giants football and I definitely find time to watch some Chiefs football. So uh I guess that's what I this is and it's the time to get excited for no reason.
0: I you know when you think about the drafts I actually think about uh the Canadian uh, hockey analyst uh Don Cherry. He always talks about Advising players no, not to go to the draft, not to be there in person. He said because it's just heartbreaking when somebody shows up, so he can uh, you know go up on the stage and get his his jersey and his hat, and then they don't pick him uh, like until the fourth round or something, and he's just sitting there all day not being picked, and it's depressing. I don't know if that happens um, more because I, I don't I don't really follow the draft that much. Um, it I was, was pretty funny watching day, Aaron Rodgers sweat in the uh, – <laughs> It the You know, the only time I've seen it was uh, on draft day last year. I went to a Buffalo Wild Wings with my son, and it was on TV. So we just kept watching Johnny Manziel getting passed over and passed over. <laughs> that was fun. I, yeah. I actually enjoyed that a little bit.
2: The one – and I we probably spent way too much on the draft, but the one that I always remember is I think it was Danny Woodhead, and he was coming out of Chadron State or something like that, and he was Mr. Irrelevant. And uh, or he was close to being Mr. Relevant. I'm probably mixing up my facts, but they kept look going to him, and he was just like in his apartment. And for like they went to him probably ten times, and he was in the middle of his couch every time, and his family's around him, and just sitting there hoping to be drafted. And then it's the very end of the draft, and they go back, and he's in his bedroom. And he pokes his head out of them because now he's embarrassed that he hasn't been picked. And so he looks out of his out of his room while he's on his phone, sees the cameras are on and on him, and then like goes way back out of picture again. It was, really, it was pretty oh, funny.
0: Oh, that's sad, though. That is... Yeah. Well,
2: he's got a Super Bowl ringer, too. So. Well, okay.
0: That's that's yeah. true. Well, um, speaking of college sports, we go back to college rugby. Uh, it's one of the things we were talking about here. Rugby Matrix America uh, brought to you by... Aircraft Charter Solutions. Did I say that already? I think I said that already, but I can say it again. Uh, we're coming to the culmination of the uh, college rugby 15s season, and uh, the Varsity Cup is coming up the final. Um, and I know Bruce said this like 19 times when we talk about the Varsity Cup. He'd say, well, it's really all set up in Cal. It's going to be Cal and BYU. There's no doubt that it's going to be Cal and BYU in the final. So uh, it's Cal and BYU in the final. Um, <laughs> Not a surprise, right? Obviously. Um, I I don't know. I mean, d- d- does that make the whole thing? I, mean, I don't want to say irrelevant, but does, does that that make the whole thing kind of hard to get excited about?
2: No, I don't think so. I I, I think this year was a step in the right direction. Arkansas State in now Arkansas State had a very odd down year. I mean, they've got it's kind of a weird situation they're in now with their coach leaving, even though he's had some success. But the reality was Arkansas State graduated a ton of players, you know, Sean Polkider, Stane Binad, guys that had been in their program for many years and had been All-Americans. And then on top of that, the remaining All-Americans they had all got hurt. Zin uh, Zin, Alan Puttick, Gavin Brown, um, you know, Kirk Pretorius, their, their best forward. So they've got – it was really just a crazy year for them that everyone happened to be injured, and they, so the, therefore they took a, a couple steps back or everybody graduated. Um, or else I think Arkansas State um, you know, gets to the game against Cal and probably plays Cal closer than Navy. Arkansas State, full metal jacket this year, without all the injuries, has a much tougher game with Cal, and it's intriguing. Central Washington had a much tougher game against BYU than they've had in the past. They didn't get 60 or 70 put on them. And I think that if Arkansas State returns to the form that we've been used to them being at the last three or four years and really has been on a trajectory, so maybe they, they get back on that trajectory, and Central Washington now full varsity and having scholarships to offer and all those great things continues on an upward trajectory, there are going to be four teams in that competition that are really, really good. And I think if you look at that other competition that we compare the Varsity Cup to as D1A, they only got four teams, and, and, and that's kind of where we're at right now.
0: Yeah, I mean, there's just a massive gap. And it it was uh, you know, it, I I think we'd all agree generally every year you expect the University of Utah to be a good team. Um and I went I went to see St. Mary's against Utah and it wasn't even it, there was is no contest. I, mean, I, I I Utah did some good things. They scored a couple of really nice tries. They've got good athletes. They've got an awful lot going for them and they lost by 50. Right. And that's I mean, that's that happens Pretty much everywhere, um, but at the same time, and and Bruce, I don't know if you agree with it. I mean, you you remember back when the conversation was just about Cal, and then it was just about Cal and BYU, with somebody just sort of showing up once in a while. Um, and I wrote some article back in I think two thousand nine in Rugby Magazine saying, "What's the next? Who's the next BYU?" Um, and the conclusion was it was going to be Life University, which which turned out to be true um this was asking other people it wasn't necessarily me saying that uh and and now we've got maybe eight teams is that a stretch to say eight teams who are uh you know pretty high level that would give any of those other teams a good game no it's four but that's four okay um, (laughs)
1: but there are there are teams that are in that second tier that are um that are going to become more competitive. The, the level of play in college rugby has increased a bit, and, and there's been, you know, I guess there's you could say there's ups and downs. St. Mary's is as good a team as you can, as you can hope to see in college rugby. They lost by sixty to Golden Gate, so there's been other times when good, and they lost by forty to Ombach. So there's other times when you've seen good. um College rugby teams be a little bit tighter, competitive with some of the better men's teams, and and even beat them. And and I was on the the wrong end and the right end of some of those. But the uh, so I would say that yeah, the the rugby in college is getting better. It's it's definitely getting better, and the atmosphere is getting better, and the fields and the facilities are getting better, and with the advent of tons of youth programs, or not tons, but much more youth programs and, and and many more high school programs that are taking it seriously and allowing their football players and other varsity athletes to be in it. That's really helping the uh that's really helping the situation. So it's easier for more teams to be more competitive. And I think that it's been uh it's been good. I, I think that the semifinals this weekend are, are going to be pretty much one sided affairs. And, and the final. I'll argue
2: with you on that one.
1: Uh, maybe maybe, maybe your, uh, you know, your, your sister school and life will have a tighter game, but I, Davenport, I don't think, isn't going to give. St. Mary's much of a run. It's it's a it's set the
0: a, set the spread set the spread for me. Let's see if I can if we can take some bait here. Oh, we are we it's, we have it. to record this. I actually have to do some work and write this down because I'm I'm intrigued.
1: So if we're recording,
2: uh, I'm going to give you twenty seven and a half points. Oh, I'll take the under on that. I think that uh, I think uh, Davenport will come a twenty seven and a half.
1: All right, so I'm giving you twenty seven and a half and then on the uh
0: I'm, on the, I'm with, i i'm i'm with Bruce on that actually on
1: life Lindenwood's side i'm gonna i'm gonna give you um and we'll double or nothing on fifty four on fifty four okay double or nothing on fifty four with saint Mary's and Davenport and then we'll <laughs> um, so that means I get two beers and and then uh, on life and Lindenwood, I'm gonna say, I think ten and a half is safe there. And, and this is the third time this year, so you have to give me a break on that. So ten and a half is what I'm gonna say. but well, guess, given that
2: given that they're used to playing cool. to single digits um, over the
0: last couple of years, I'm I'm feeling pretty good on taking the under on ten and a half. Yeah, I will. I will take Lindenwood on ten and a half.
1: Okay. Yeah. So you guys take your on the dogs and I'll take my favorite. Well, so, so
0: I'll no, I'll take Saint Mary's on Saint Mary's t- minus twenty seven and a half. I'll with, I'm with you, Bruce, on that one. And I'll take Lindenwood Wood plus ten and a half. Yeah. And I'm with you well, Pat, on that one.
2: I expect to be paid up at the twenty sixteen A C R C Bowl series. So let's keep this piece of paper around for a okay. while. Okay.
0: Alright, I'm I'm here I am now tearing the piece of paper off and pinning it to my courtboard. board right now it's done it's recorded hey is your for conference
1: going to be would your conference be interested in joining the bowl series
2: uh well i don't want to go on record with too much but i, I mean i'm hoping to, to well you don't
1: have to have your whole conference you just need to have you
2: Well, this year we're going to be content to hopefully play towards a USA Rugby D2 National Championship. That doesn't mean that we're going to be in it. And I've got to tone down my rhetoric now that I actually have to put a team on the field and get its butts whipped. So saying that only so many teams are worth uh, it, I immediately regretted that. Um, Uh,
0: Well, I'll tell you what. (laughs) Tell you what, getting out of that uh, Midwest region, right, with – Oh, it's going to be very – with With Wisconsin Whitewater – uh, and stout and northern iowa for that matter and illinois state i guess but but whitewater specifically you know. i'm under no illusions yeah, uh,
2: yeah i'm under no illusions of what uh, we got ahead of it. i mean you and i is obviously a very good team with usually very good and big athletes um even in our division illinois state's a very salty bunch with good strong big athletes and loyola's not a team to just uh yeah.
0: roll over that's on true. so I I
2: very much understand uh, what we got ahead of us, so I don't
0: remind me not again, what by any means. What's the nickname for the uh, Lindenwood Belleville teams?
2: The Lynx.
0: That's right, the Lynx. So it's the Lynx yes. against, and we're talking about the Wisconsin Whitewater Warhawks, which is one of my favorite nicknames. Well, I hope to have that matchup. That yeah, means we that won one. a game or two. That, yeah, that's true. That's true. All right, so, you know the. I guess the thing is. Do we think that there is uh, enough talent, enough coaching talent, uh, the like, to to push more more teams up to that level where they can, you know, let's not talk about competing with BYU or somebody like that, but but that that level just underneath. Are we seeing anyone else go move up to the Lindenwood Davenport? Uh, Central Washington type level.
2: I think Wheeling Jesuits is on, is on is on its way, and I mean if you look at I mean you just those teams you just named, uh, what what are the that's a common denominator some paid coaching whether it's part time or full time, some and a lot of you know admissions and academic support and financial support. Right. So th- those are basically varsity or quasi varsity. I think AIC is on its way there too, and 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 that's the difference. Um, so. Are, I think the one you have to ask yourself about is there a Cle, is there another Clemson or Arkansas State because Clemson has done it on the back of a great coach, Arkansas State did it on the back of a great father son coaching combination over many years, and is there another program that without being varsity uh, or even a Central Washington because they've become awesome without you know before the varsity is there another program or out there or like you said the coaching depth or the player depth to to get one of those programs there and i think one of those programs you got to keep an eye on maybe the maybe the the gales of iona because they have a great coach <laughs> um, but uh, yeah i mean that's that's the test i mean are, we've got all these more varsity teams and that's great and that's what i think the dichotomy is weird because or is is it not weird but interesting to watch because the varsity teams Three out of four of them are, are in the semifinals in, in one postseason competition, and and essentially three out of four of them are in the, the the competition of the other or the semifinals of the other competition. And Navy, while they're not varsity, probably has more support than some of the varsity programs out there. I may be taking think, a leap there, but I think
0: I, I wonder if there's a limit on the service academies because of um, the purpose of the academy. At the same time, uh, West Point. Does have a little bit of recruiting uh, uh, help now because they're a varsity program. Uh, basically, is that, um, you know, there's a limit, they, they there's like a quota for how many kids from a particular state can go to West Point. But if there's a hole left because um, the congressmen or senators haven't recommended enough players from one state, a varsity team can swoop in and nab that and say, well, you know, uh, Tennessee didn't use up all their players, so I want this kid from Georgia using a Tennessee spot, and they can do that.
2: Well, Uh, I'll tell you just a quick anecdote. (laughs) Uh, The Naval Academy passed on a a kid with a 4.2 and a 31 who I coached in high school who uh, I thought was going to be a real boon to Mike Flanagan's system up there because it turns out he had a lazy eye, but that according to him and his family, that's the only reason he got shot down from the Naval Academy. And now he's going to be the open side at Lindenwood Belleville. So
0: (laughs) excellent. Excellent. So I mean, you know, those sorts of things happen. I just, I got a Bruce. I I got a, a rankings question for you. So, uh, West point loses to Davenport at home. Um, I don't want to belabor the point, but West point continues to lose playoff games at home. um, Colorado State and Air Force get shellacked, one after another by Lindenwood. Do you know if I'm ranking? If I'm ranking, maybe not now, but ranking uh, for the future. Do it, d- does that drag down an entire conference? You know, if if, if do I look at, at at Army losing to Davenport and say, okay, well that 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 paints the entire Rugby East as A little bit below
1: the weather here was dreadful I think army's preparation was dreadful and I because I've seen army play a couple times I didn't uh, was I wasn't I was actually surprised they beat Kutztown I I thought that the only way they would beat them is if Kutztown got into a bus accident and they they must have because I don't know how it happened and because I played both of them and uh, so I—I I don't know. Our Army Army is a good team. I mean, there's there's no doubt, but Army's not a top ten team. It is not. Wow. I, I don't think that I don't think right. that they were as well, far mean, as even in our conference. Were they lucky were they lucky? No, they weren't lucky because Colin McGee was good, and Colin McGee was a great leader, and I think that Mahan kind of had those guys for lack of a better word, they, they really were just, they, they fought hard for each other. They weren't necessarily a great rugby team and they weren't necessarily, but they played really, really hard every game. Even the game they played against us, that it was really close. They played their nuts off. They just fell apart at the end of most of their games and they um, and they just weren't – they didn't take the bowl series seriously. And life beat the snot out of them easily. And then after that, it was – they just weren't ready to play. I think they won the conference, got a little bit complacent, thought they were they, – you know, and then they were going for the USA rugby thing and nobody really knew what was happening until – really kind of late in the game, and uh, and I just, between the weather and everything else, and guys graduating, they have a lot of seniors on their team, and guys graduating in the spring at, at West Point, they are worried about where they're going to be, and you get a concussion, and you get an injury, and you're not going where you want to be, and you just worked your entire life to get there, and you're well, not going.
0: Posting time is enormously important. So, yeah.
1: so, the East teams, as, and, and West Point to me, is it, it was idiocy that they even joined it. And I, I feel the same way about Penn State. And I don't necessarily feel the same way about Wheeling Jesuit. I, I, Wheeling Jesuit never said anything in their past, not that they have a long past, except that they've wanted to be in the D1A or in, in, in the USA rugby setup. Whereas Penn State and Army have vehemently been, been against it for over a decade, that they're a fall rugby team. Then they get the opportunity to do it, and they didn't do it. And I think that they just got shown, shown up for
0: well, being they were. But, well, part of that is we had coaching changes in both of those teams.
1: It, it, it's irrelevant.
0: There's, well, I don't think it's irrelevant with uh, West Point because the philosophy of uh, fall is the is the way to go. Was mm. was a big part of Palital, Rich Polital's uh, philosophy. Well, and, well Mike
1: hired Rich. Mike hired Rich. Uh,
0: yeah. Okay. But that doesn't no, necessarily Mike, mean Mike he agrees Heidrich with everything Heidrich. Rich does. I mean, who, nobody agrees but with everything my, Rich Mike
1: does. But. Mike hired Rich first. So Mike was the guy who set up Rich to go into his position.
0: Yeah, and
1: Rich, after Mike went off the, uh, after Mike went off the board, took Mike into the, the assistant coaching position. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then, when when things happened there, then Mike was put into the, basically a caretaker role. Up until this year, and then they, they just posted they posted the job and closed it. And now there's been, I heard seventy applicants, and uh, and and of of pretty high caliber. Yeah. So they're gonna have an excellent rugby coach. It's just gonna be a matter of what's their philosophy gonna be. But as far as that goes, I think that what they should have done is said, no, we're gonna be a fall rugby team. They had no hope of winning anyway. So to sit and say that the, the fall rugby teams were better than the others, is it's insanity. We're, we're not, due to weather, etc. But we, we've been so far behind the eight ball for so long that we need to do things to catch up. And if we keep playing the same game that everyone else is playing, we've got, we got no hope of catching up. And I, that's the way I feel about it there's definitely the varsity cup d1a and the ACRC is there's those are three different tiers of of championship but the ACRC and 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 the fall rugby competition definitely has way more schools participating it's not even close and and you know when you consider that most of the teams do almost everything in the uh, in the fall the it's not even close I mean you're talking about 75 to 80 percent of the teams in the country and then you then people do do spring or they do spring sevens and i do spring 15s i don't like sevens um but i do think the championship should be a fall championship now
0: the, uh, that said well, yeah sorry that
1: said i don't discount or don't disparage the california teams and the teams to choose to do a spring championship. And I and yes, Rugby East is definitely um, definitely taken a hit, but we've taken a hit from the Mid-South who would wipe the floor with
0: everybody. So, rugby, rugby so East, you're the
1: second-best yeah. conference, top to bottom, not even close, yeah. and taking out the varsity cup teams, but we're the second-best conference.
0: What's the best conference?
1: Oh, no, Mid South, not even close.
2: Uh, second best conference is a, well, pack, is a pack. How the hell is this pack the second best conference? Well, they have Cal who beat
0: everybody,
1: except this weekend. But they. um...
0: Oh, oh, yeah. Okay. Another yeah, bet going we're, on. We're going to get down it, and stuff.
1: Salt Lake City? I'll give. I mean, I don't want to do this. This is this is awful. <laughs> Um, John Kelly's gonna <laughs> I, call, I talk to John Kelly three times a week He may string me up But, uh, I'll give five and a half
2: No, I'm not gonna do that But my point is My point is that Cal You tell me Cal's not better than everybody in Rugby East By about seven football fields Because they are I'm not, I'm not Cal's sure. off by six to UCLA UCLA, if they went to the Rugby East And they played on a level of playing field I think they'd probably win it I think Utah has a good shot of winning it. I'd say Arizona State and Arizona are a lot better are a lot closer to the teams in the Rugby East than the teams in the Rugby East are to, to Cal. Yeah, so, so maybe 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 the
1: uh you know, maybe the pack is uh is better and we'll agree to disagree.
0: The I, I think though what your your point is is a great point, which is for all the teams that say the fall is the thing, this is the way of the fall, to then undercut your own argument by going to play in the spring, you end up and, and you undercut your performance again. They're doing the same thing that they said was a problem. And the the, the the way the D1A goes and the way the Varsity Cup goes is, of course, you say you're in it and you play all your games in the fall and then you hang on to say, alright, we're preparing to go into the Varsity Cup. It's one and done. If you lose, that's it. Your entire effort is gone um, with the ACRC bowl series. Again, it's one and done, but you know it's one and done, and it's right at the end of the of the fall season anyway. So it doesn't matter. Your 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 season is ending because you're targeting the same place. You're going to go there and play, which which makes a lot of sense. So even though I I like the the D one A playoff, I like the games. I would like to see more of those. Um, I could, it's a little bit weird to see a team play all their game, their league games in the fall and, uh, and then get sort of go to the playoffs in the spring and get eliminated. Uh, at the same time, Wheeling Jesuit essentially played their way into the playoffs by continuing to play 15s in the spring and they beat Navy, which was the big one that, bumped them up in the rankings enough to be uh, to make it into the playoffs. I don't know if they would have made it otherwise.
2: Everybody who, Mid-South included, and all the teams that we're looking at, let's just say the Mississippi and you know Texas and East, played in the ACRC, and I whether you had a bowl series, and we all know that I'd much prefer a knockout championship, that would be the best competition in America compared to anything we have, if they all committed to it. Right? If all the teams west of Texas, up through Colorado, Air Force, all whoever, all those teams go play in a knockout championship in the spring, it would be better than either the Varsity Cup is now or D1A is now. Uh, you know, So instead of picking based on seasonality, some people are picking based on USA Rugby or United World Sports, and I think we might have diluted competitions based on that.
1: If, if you look at the... Competitions. I mean, obviously, Cal and BYU were the two best teams in the country. De- depending on how life goes against St. Mary's or Lindenwood goes, I mean, if Lindenwood happens to win, then you you can make that argument. But then you'd have to add life into the equation as somebody, unless Lindenwood blows St. Mary's out of the water, which I don't <laughs> would happen. So, I mean. I, I thought you were week, just
0: going to say that unless Lindenwood blows and just leave it at that. No, no, no.
1: Unless <laughs> Lindenwood blows, Saint Mary's out of the water. But Cal and BYU are the definite class of the uh, of the D one of the Varsity Cup, and that's not a whole lot different than the Saint Mary's is is, is within a, a, a score and a half of them. So I think those are, those are relatively even games. Then you look at Lindenwood and, and Davenport and Life, and those have been relatively tight games. And, and then we'll see that the elite training group, and that, that's kind of an advantage for Life in politically how that, how that worked out. We, I, I don't disagree with it, so I'm just saying. That, but it is, it is an advantage to be able to play – Against men's teams and then go back into a college competition and not have to not have to play a zillion college games, which is what the other teams do have to do, and you're playing teams that you're beaten by eighty ninety and a hundred points and I think that going up and increasing your the caliber or the people that you're playing against is is good, and I think that helps life a lot,
0: you so, know uh I I know there were injuries, but Arkansas State pulled out of the Mid South, and while they played those teams or a couple of them, they didn't play them in anger. They didn't play a, a league against Life Davenport and Lindenwood, Lindenwood and uh, they weren't as good. I think it might have hurt them. I I don't know about that. You don't that. agree with that? You don't? Agree I don't. With that. I don't. That's all right. That's all right. They but also I, spent I do a think... lot of
2: time and effort to win the CRC qualifier. Um, instead of yeah, spending that time and effort to get ready for the Mid-South season. Well, so I think that factors in a fair amount,
0: too. All right, so, so do we have a wager going on BYU versus Cal?
2: No, I think we, we probably all would pick BYU, wouldn't we? Um, yeah. I don't think it's, you know, I'm not saying it's not going to be a close game. There's some pretty why impressive we That's
0: why we, that's why we do the spread.
2: That's Five and a half, is it, that's not enough meat on the bone for me to go pick Cal.
1: I think Sumption is uh, assumption missing is, is a hurt to BYU. But um when you when you look at it, hey, whoever wins wins and that's gonna be great. And those guys have always since the the first one or two where Calvo BYU out of the water, they've they've basically been relatively decent games going into it. And I think that Saint Mary's in life has been and 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 probably will be again another very competitive game, although I'd like to see I'd like to see both be a little bit better performance in terms of entertainment value, which the last couple of years haven't been the greatest entertainment value in terms of watching the games so that that would be that would be better and when you look at it that those competitions you could have picked those teams. Last September, that was easy, and I think that's the that's the thing with you know the ACRC. I don't know that you would have necessarily picked Army, but I would have picked cutsdown out of out of the box. But Penn State played really well, and Army played really well. Cuttsdown played really well, and even and Wheeling did play really well. And I'm glad Wheeling went into the uh, to the D1A championships and. I you know, the ACRC, do you look at it and say, does that need conference champion and then a plus one? Like where you have the bowl games on the fourteenth or the twenty first of November, the week before Thanksgiving, and then the week after, go down to Florida, go down to Texas, down to uh Austin or to or to wherever. And have a plus one and have try to have some kind of a champion. I know I, but that's about all you need is a plus one game. I don't think you need, you could pretty well say who's the best for the most part, given how they're doing in their seasons.
2: I I think that if you. I agree with that, and I know that this is a fantasy world that we're not going to be living in for probably a long time. But if you did just take the eight best teams in the country and chuck them into a quarterfinal system this year, regardless of what competition they actually played in, it would have been, by without a doubt, the most intriguing quarterfinal, semifinal, final we've ever had. With maybe one game, whoever drew Army being the one who had a little bit of a blowout. Everybody else, every other game would have been pretty intriguing. Oh. If you were to
1: look at, if you were to pick your best eight teams, you're looking at?
2: Yeah, your BYU, Cal, St. Mary's, Life, Davenport, Lindenwood, um, Central Washington, and probably Army.
1: All right, so Central Washington and Army don't belong. It's like one of those kids that are doing their own thing, and they have a fourth.
2: Central Washington lost by 27 to BYU.
0: That's nothing to scoff at.
1: Yeah, no, that's still one you're, of those. To, to fill out,
0: to fill out your eight, then you have to uh, stir around and and try to figure out whether it's Navy or Clemson or. Uh, it's not Navy.
1: Maybe got, an no, no. well, sure. got annihilated mile. No,
0: Navy got annihilated mile But that's by the problem. One. But, but your eight, where we're looking for your eighth team, or Arkansas State, or or uh, uh, or screw you know, it, go Utah, six or somebody.
2: Go six and give two teams a bye. But top six, top yeah, six that, are great. That's,
1: and I think that that would be way more intriguing. If you went six and gave your top teams a bye, which is exactly what's happening anyway in in this weekend's games, is that if, if St. Mary's wins the national championship, well, then that six and the top teams a bye is good. If life wins the national championship by a small margin, well, then it's the same thing happened. If... Life beats the hell out of St. Mary's by 40 points. Then you say, well, wait a second. There's a new sheriff in town. Because those other teams didn't do it to St. Mary's. So, yeah, but it wasn't
2: like St. Mary's, BYU, St. Mary's, Cal weren't incredibly good games.
1: Oh, they were. And they were very, actually, they were very entertaining, which... Yeah, so oh, the ball bounces
2: a few different ways. St. Mary's wins one of those. You never know.
1: I don't know that if the ball was going to... I didn't see the Cal game... But I did see the BYU games, and it, it didn't matter how the ball bounced. The um, BYU won those games.
0: We need we need to change gears here for a little bit, okay? So I think we've 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 run this on the on the spread. I'm going to put us all on uh, BYU uh, minus five and a half. So we'll see if we're all right. Um. We need to talk about the Eagles, and uh, specifically... Hey, wait, yeah, I'll you. take Cal. You'll take Cal. Okay. Hey, guys,
1: on John Kelly's going to shoot me if I don't. <laughs> uh, I, have to, I'm, I'm, I see John Kelly and talk to him a few times a week. I'm taking Cal. All
0: right. Okay. Going to give you grief otherwise. Um, let's talk about the U.S. national team. Two things going on with the U.S. national team. One of them is a... USA Selects team down in, in uh, South America uh, playing Uruguay once and the Argentina Jaguars twice. And uh, we're, we're recording this show right after the, the USA Selects lost 54-6 to to the Argentina Jaguars, um, a team that had, by my count, five players starting who also started against France uh, for Argentina in a game that Argentina won by the way uh and and they're just a few days out of beating uruguay thirteen and three so there's that, and I also wanted to we also want to talk about the 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 new six nations thing which would essentially be a competition with this these some of these teams that they're touring with against right now it would be the u s a selects we're not talking about you know if you let me start over. The six nations thing, if you didn't see the art, uh, the articles and the releases and press releases everywhere, was essentially uh six countries in the Americas are going to have a round robin competition in February, maybe spilling out into March, but probably February, starting next year. It would be uh so that's USA, Canada, Uruguay, uh Argentina, chile and brazil and uh the team that the usa would uh, would be calling on would not include your major overseas pros you might be able to get somebody out of a smaller pro team if you wanted to
2: what why not it, it fits
0: the regulation, uh you know, that, that's an excellent question and 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 here's the the answer yes it it fits the title nine but i think that it is unlikely. Let's put it this way: it's very unlikely that we'll see that, considering the way things have been going with uh, with the USA national team. I think they might use it as a bargaining chip, and they might concentrate, and they might save some money or whatever. But they'd be using it to mostly do domestic players. But they could, they could title nine a player out if they wanted to. Um, but the thing is that a lot of pro teams sign overseas, sign foreign players.
2: For windows like that.
0: Exactly, to, to make up. They've, they've got games during the Six Nations they don't want to have. Them. All right. Uh, so, let's talk about the tour first of all. Good idea, bad idea? Is it, uh, is it doing the job? What did you think?
2: Very good idea. Um, you know, it, it, I think that, you know, a very good idea, assuming that it's not taking... Something from somewhere else, which I don't see it doing. So yes, good idea. I mean, this is this is the time right now where Tolkien should be crossing guys' names off the list, which I'm sure he's going to do um, after this week or after this next week, and he, where he should be highlighting some more guys, right? So this is especially when you have guys like Edge McGinty and and Al McFarland, who you knew you were going to be eligible, you know, for you and just becoming eligible for you. You'd much rather blood them now and see what they got now internationally and get the debut out of the way than do it this summer in a quote unquote competition like the Pacific Nations Cup or take away valuable let's get ready for the World Cup time for guys to figure out who they are. So we're getting some of that let's figure out who they are done and and dusted right now, Um, and I think that's great. And and to me, it's ultimately the tour is about those two guys and maybe one other spot really because I don't think there's that much flexibility within the World Cup squad. Maybe a few who's going to go and who's not going to go, but the guys that are going to get on the field in the games that we're trying to win, I think all those guys are pretty well determined at this point. Outside of potentially a McFarlane and a
0: McGinty, maybe the third hooker.
2: Yeah, but is the third hooker going to you know win us well, one of still, the two you games? You still need to know if he
0: can play, right? You still right. need to know if you can rely on him or or whatever you do. Uh, Bruce,
1: uh, I think that good idea to go on the tour. I mean, obviously, it's a it's a great opportunity to play. Excellent teams. I don't think we were able to prepare ourselves the way we probably should have and
2: never said that before, have we?
1: I think that the result against Uruguay was decent in that it was thirteen to three against the full international team. And that's that's great. The result today was very difficult. We weren't able to see the game today. And however, I think that we need to play better and we need to find cohesion. And I know that sometimes you think that having selection problems is a good thing. I tend to believe that having selection problems is a bad thing. And... I believe in cohesion, and I believe in settling on a team and going with it and working them and trusting them. And if you don't trust them, then then you, you, may, you may trust 12 of them. And then the other three, then you work on them, and then you figure out who you're going to trust, and you bring them into your thing. But I believe in settling on a team, so hopefully they can settle on a team because they're going to have to do it soon. Well
0: and, uh, I think I think I think that feeds into to what Pat said. Uh you know, the idea of instead of wasting a test match, you're you're using something that's not a test match to find some guys and then settle on your team for you know yeah, I, I like, build up build up stuff like that. I oh, it's it's helpful. I I I I wanna I wanna voice um you know, one thing about the Uruguay game. Um I was as impressed about that performance as I have been of a USA group uh, in quite a while, uh, simply because it was extremely difficult to do. To go down to Uruguay and win is very difficult for the full Eagles to do. And this was not the full Eagles team. And then they had uh, two yellow cards. uh, Well, they had a yellow card. Yeah, sorry. Two yellow cards and a red card. Uh, So they they were essentially shorthanded for about half the game, and they still won it. I was uh, pretty astounded by that. I was impressed with at least the the determination of that group, which is a lot of why you take a team to this kind of tour, to teach them what it takes mentally and physically to succeed on the international level. So that, that was nice. A um, couple of thoughts from Mike Tolkien after the, the Argentina game. Um, his numbers are a little different from mine. He said that he, he was talking about uh, there were 11 Pumas on the starting uh, lineup, a few more off the bench. Um, and that's just, I mean, I, I didn't go through and check how many people are starting, but I do know that there were five guys starting who started against France. Uh, he said this will be their Super 18 team next year, so that's what they're playing against. Um, that's okay. That's fine. I mean, we, we need to be able to be play at that level as well. Um, And, of course, he, Tolkien, put in a lineup that was, you know, pretty inexperienced. Now, if we like this, with the caveat that they've got to settle on their team through the Pacific Nations Cup and any warm-up games, yeah, everybody on board with that, I guess. What what do you think about this uh, Six Nations thing, Pat?
2: Well, I think there's still more questions than answers. I mean, is it? Are we gaining Six Nations at the expense of the Pacific Nations Cup?
0: I hope not. No, um, I, don't, I don't think we are. I mean, I'll, I'll shut that down right now. I don't, I don't think that's got anything to do with it.
2: Okay. It's a then, new thing. Then I think it's great. I mean, I, I think it's great that it exists. I, um, I, I am a little saddened that it's, we're not going to have the full uh, onslaught of guys. Um, and I think that maybe it should be on a case by case basis because Samuel Manoa, you know. France, those teams, he's going to Toulon, right? Yes. All right, Toulon is going to pay him and have him, whether he's playing in the America Six Nations or not. He's that good of a player. That's what he means to his club. It's not going to affect his career. I think the same could be said about uh, Chris Wiles. And maybe you look at a couple of guys here or there that you could pluck, then you should be able to pluck them. Because we should treat this America Six Nations, if we're going to create it and we're going to try to market it and, and, and make it this big deal, then a full Eagles team or as close as we can have to it should be the one taking the field. Um, Now, obviously there's a little, I don't know why it's got to be six nations um, or or what the format's going to look like exactly because you'd say Argent or Chile and and Brazil are going to be quite out of their depth and and more Brazil than Chile. Um, I mean, I can't imagine how, how far down the Argentina uh, roster, what, Tiny little cat, you would have to give the nickname of that team that would not <laughs> beat Brazil by a 1,000. So um, still a lot can of questions. I, can but I, can, think I, just, can I
0: just point out that the last time the United States played Chile was in 2002, and Chile won that game 21-13, to 13, and that team was captained by Dan Lyle, who did play. Um, USA just played kind of crappy. But um, Chile is not bad. Uh, Brazil is bad. But you know what that means? You know you know what I think that means when I hear it? The Eagles won't finish last. How great is that, right? Um, okay. Bruce, what do you think? I mean, w- 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 would you pay to see it? Would you pay to go see a game?
1: Yeah, I'd pay to see Argentina. Yeah. I'd pay to see Canada. I wouldn't pay to see the other ones. But... That's I wouldn't pay much, but um, yeah, I think it's great. I I I like having that kind of thing. And the reality is, and unless we do what the Six Nations does and add an under twenties in, then it, it's not going to help us that much because the reality is for. Brazil, Chile, Uruguay, United States, and Canada, we need that. That's what we need. I'm or not sure if kind of has it, a little bit, but they, they probably could use an under-26 nations as well just to get themselves, even, if nothing, just to be playing together and practicing together a lot. That's, Where are
2: we going to fight, especially if we don't have pros overseas? Where are we gonna find enough bodies from our colleges and clubs in the spring to have a U twenties team and a the Select slash Eagles team?
1: I think that uh, if players are serious about playing rugby, they have to find a way to play U twenties. That's the only way that you go that's the only way that you go apples to apples with everybody. We we can sit and talk about college developing things and I mean outside of the NFL and the NBA and NBA that let's Take that off the table because that's that's a farce too.
2: And all Olympic sports
1: outside of the NFL, the the only uh, nothing gets developed in college.
2: Really, you don't think the Olympic sports all factor in there? No. Tr- track and field, rowing, no. Wrestling, no. <laughs> oh, <laughs>
1: wrestling! Wrestling is wrestling, no, I don't think wrestling so. is actually know, a completely different sport in college and, and Olympics. Track and field is done through clubs. I mean the AC has the AC has funded God knows how many Olympic medalists. If we were, if we were a country, the New York Athletic Club would be fifth in the world in Olympic medals.
2: Yeah, I bet Cal could probably say something similar to that as well.
1: Yeah, probably not. But um the um but there's, you, there's a difference
0: between uh, college developing players and college getting getting athletes to then make their college look good. Track and field is probably a, an example there where you're giving scholarships to make your school look, look and, good. And, and, and I would, and, I would, I would have you
2: study the Lolo Jones story and tell you that that is 100 percent not what happened with Lolo Jones. Okay. The skinny little girl out of Des Moines got a chance, taken on her by LSU, and became an Olympian. Good enough.
0: Yeah. All right.
2: That's, so does, that's,
0: uh, that's fine. I mean, it's, but, it's, but it's, you know, it's, it's, okay, back, back, back to the Six Nations, under-20s, great idea. And, and for that matter, um, you know, we go back to the seasonality thing. What if you had teams that played their fall, bang, played their fall college uh, season. Don't worry about anybody who's playing in the spring, but then turn around and get yourself a U-20 team out of that group and – to, and they know they know in September that if they work for it over the winter, they can get selected for a U20 team that plays in this, uh, in the Six Nations in February, part of March, something like that. And that leads them into something else, and not even worry about what people are doing elsewhere, but it, make them available then. I don't know. I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of colleges that aren't playing 15s much, if at all, uh, in February. That are playing that played all through the fall could provide players for that team.
2: Yeah, well, the Rugby East All Star team can get beat exactly. by 100.
0: right? Well, well, okay, but you got to start somewhere. I mean, we
1: we could got... get we could get beat by 400, and and that's the point is yeah. you're not developing players in college. I don't I don't care what anyone says. We can lie to ourselves, and that's fine. And that's what we've been doing. We've been lying to ourselves. So we can sit here and say it's all hunky dory. <laughs> Take all the college guys, yay, Ray Ray College, and we can be. It's not asked. necessarily. We about- can say Samuel Manoa, he went to college. We could say Jamie Cudmore from Canada, he went to college. Chris Wiles didn't go to college in America if he went to college. How many,
2: how many, how many All American games did Blaine Scully? play it was probably those what collective 100 minutes he played of all american rugby that made him the player he is not the daily training environment at cal right is that the fable you want to spin it goes both ways i
1: totally understand blaine scully was uh, a tremendous athlete water polo player at ucla uh transferred back into cal played well he's been at Leicester and he hasn't gotten a whole lot of playing time for whatever reasons and then he's uh and then he's going to Cardiff, but I don't I don't know that whole scenario. But like Dave Hodges was a football player not developed in college. Dan Lyle was a right. They're a transcendent football,
2: athletes. Same with
0: Colin Isles.
1: Also, Colin Isles hasn't played much, but the the um, but Dave Hodges and Dan Lyle went at an in an era with that the professionalism hadn't necessarily sunk in yet. And, you know, those guys were practicing twice a week and they acted the same way then as when they got paid, as when they, and then it changed a little bit after 2000s. But the reality is, I'm look, I'm not saying that it's perfect. I'm not saying, I'm not saying that college rugby's bad. I'm not saying that everything, I'm just saying that it hasn't produced everything that we "quote unquote" say it's produced. It just hasn't. Paul Emmerich went. What did he go to Northern Ireland? Was North, a wrestler. North, Northern
0: Ireland.
1: And and like that. That's who's been successful. It hasn't been college guys.
2: Yes, there are transcendent athletes who are able to make that jump and become elite players at the international level. Level. There and are it, those guys. It's not a, these aren't so, super transcendent athletes. For rugby, they are. Well, well then, then, then... Paul Emmerich's a happening? better athlete than anybody he ever played college rugby with or against. Who's this? By leaps and bounds. Paul Emmerich. Same thing with Dave Hodges. Same thing with Dan Lyle. You don't get a sniff at the NFL by, just being a, by not being a better athlete than everybody else in VMI. These guys are transcendent athletes. God gave them things that he didn't give everybody else. Yeah, I mean, look. Those, but those are not products oh, of 8th grade rugby. Those All are products of God-given ability.
1: Now, it's saying. not
2: one versus the other here. But a daily training environment, like you have at Cal, has produced more and caused more Eagles than a, a four-day uh, assembly in a few games.
1: I, I Look, I totally understand it. But you, you, you also need the. You also need to take into account who was selecting the team. And you also need to like, – so there's there's a lot of variabilities. It's like people criticize what happens on the Eagles now, the quote-unquote New York Mafia. Well, who's selecting the team? It's like you got to take that into account. Why were when, when Ron Mays was coaching the team and was it – the old Blues. Well, you know, I would say that the old Blues were winning championships, but they but they other people would say that there was a California bias. And then when Bing Dawson was coaching the team with, with Jim Perkins and then well who was getting picked. That, that, it's kinda kinda always been how it is. That's who got picked. And we can we can sit and and lie about it. The fact of the matter is There are excellent players all over the place and we're not identifying and developing them. We're certainly not doing the, uh, we're certainly not doing what we need to do in terms of performance environments to create things for players. The only people who are being paid are non-players. So I'm just saying, I'm just, throwing it out there and saying that, you know, the rich elite white kid probably isn't gonna win your World Cup. That's just me. i mean, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Totally could be wrong. But this shit ain't fencing, bro. You're playing some tough guys. And if you wanna win a fencing World Cup, then go to your little private school. You wanna win a rugby World Cup? You better get some hard asses in there.
2: Otherwise we got a lot- Win. We got a lot more ritually white guys in America than they do in England. So you maybe know, we have enough. Maybe we got. But the- you know
1: what? I'm just. I'll just tell you right now. You just. I don't think you're gonna win a World Cup with them. That's just me. I, I look. I'm. You know, it's like you're gonna win a heavyweight championship with the guy from. You know, choke. We're going to win a <laughs> championship. With- uh, that would be great. And I like Choate producing great
0: bo- maybe boxers. I'm, it's
1: maybe fabulous. I'm crazy, but ain't going to happen. And and if the guy from Choate wins the Heavyweight Championship, Chote became a real different place real quick. Is,
2: is
0: this an age thing? What's Choate? It's a private school in the North.
1: Chote York is a Choate Rosemary Academy in New England. And. Uh, and I just don't think that anybody from or Exeter or, or any of these other, you others. know,
0: there's an exception to that uh, private school thing, and that would be hockey because they actually do, uh, but you, they import some of those guys. But they, hey, Christian Leitner
2: was a badass. Yeah, well, there you go. I mean, <laughs> he yeah. wasn't? And, and yeah, he
0: was. Had uh, uh,
1: Christian Leitner had had UNLV not tanked that game? I mean.
0: Oh Who the well, hell is here? Oh you know, we're, I, I feel like we're getting off track now. A you don't think UNLV tanked is... that game? Five or f- I'm, four I'm, I'm, or
1: five first-round draft picks. I'm
0: not arguing with UNLV yeah. tanking the game. right? I'm <laughs> arguing with talking about UNLV basketball <laughs> from 800 years ago. Uh, uh, all right. The thing is, in the end, we got to build on stuff. We can't just sit there and say, this is good. I, You know – I'm I'm glad, and you know, Nigel Melville did a lot of work on this Six Nations thing. I think that's good. I think it's very difficult to get heard those cats to get all of them to agree on something, um, and I think that Six Nations is nice. Pat's point, well taken. Pacific Nations Cup can't be thrown out saying we've already got something. The Six Nations builds on that. We need more. Bruce's point, very nice. Take it, make it work. Make it work. Uh, in terms of uh, a, a, a commercial venture, make it pay for itself. Make it pay for other things, and then maybe one of the things it can pay for is to get the kids to go along as well, uh, and and try to find a way. Forget about the da- you know the daily training environment at Cal, BYU, uh, what they doing at ceremonies. Not a lot of spe- rich spe- spe- white well, they, here. well, there you go. You see, I'm talking about it, right life. Let them all do their thing. Hey, can what about I the kids th- almost let me just finish. What about the kids at Spearhead? Or what about the kids who are not going to, to these colleges? Let's find those guys. Uh let's find another Matai Leuta and develop that guy through a U twenty program. That would be a good, you know, a really nice little job for USA rugby to take on.
1: I, I don't think USA rugby's capable of handling it. I would I would far more <laughs> Trust other people, but I would. You know, you look at. And I, I see guys coming to rugby practice every day and they're wearing their Rangers jerseys or their you know Rangers T-shirts, and I, you know, and I as I always say, hockey making white people relevant in sports since 1947. You've got to be kidding me. There is a population of people out there that we are neglecting. No matter what anyone wants to say, you can hide behind it. And think that, you know, this is the era of Cy Young and Walter Johnson. But, hey, bro, uh, uh, let me take Satchel Paige and Josh Gibson. Let's freaking go. Like, we, we need to change the way we're working. And we need to get ourselves people who are capable of winning. Not people who are within our little... Uh, socioeconomic class. And I'm going to take a lot of criticism for what I'm saying, but we've been doing this crap for 30 years. The results have been the same for 30 years.
2: I don't know how the college rugby argument got turned into a socioeconomic argument when AIC and life are clearly making an effort. um, If you look across their rosters to, to, Change that barrier to take it out from being a suburban, rich prep school thing. I mean, and those are colleges that hopefully are going to be producing Eagles. I mean, I think everybody thinks Christian Adams has a chance to be an Eagle. I thought, I think everybody had a chance, you know, thought that Paris Hollis maybe would have a chance or that D'Amica's Beach, who's at life, would have a chance. And these guys are coming from college rugby. So I, I don't, I think it's. An unfair you know, thing to well, say, uh, that- and
0: uh, you know what we're doing though. We're just jumping over the the tiny little minority in this country that always gets jumped over, and is hugely influential in the game, and that's the Polynesians. And we just immediately jump to African American, right? And you know what Central Washington is doing with Polynesian players, and uh, you know what continuously BYU and Utah have, have uh, done with uh, Polynesian players is hugely crucial and uniquely and rugby is uniquely positioned along with football to take advantage of that that is um that's a special group
2: are you telling me that we're not we're ignoring or somehow creating a glass ceiling for polynesians and Americans? no i'm
0: telling you that in this conversation we just skipped right over them
2: okay i I don't
1: i i would venture to say hey look there have been people, there have been Polynesian players who have gone through, but there are, there are certainly a lot of Polynesian players who haven't. Yep. There's certainly a lot of Polynesian players who don't necessarily answer the tactical question in the coaching meeting and don't get selected, as opposed to, but they can play rugby. They just, they can't, or they may not, be able. To, they may be just too shy to articulate it, but when you put them on the field, they whack people. And when you put them on the field, they you got to develop trust, and and you also got to develop it in. We don't compare ourselves apples to apples, and why don't we do that? Are we afraid of the competition? Are the under twenty competition? Is it something we should be afraid of? Why are we afraid of it? Why don't we put our best people out there? It's 25 of them. Why don't we put our best people out there?
2: Because they're to win a national championship? Are you kidding me? No, every other team every all these teams that we're playing against, we go to the we win the World Junior World Trophy and we go to the Junior World Cup. Because all those kids that they're playing against are in daily training environments. You can't pluck a kid out of go, go drink a beer you, no matter how good he is. Let him go be coached by non- Full time coaches for seven days and put them in an environment. And even if you take, get less kids of Go Drink a Beer You because now you have more Cal kids because he's, you know, Jack Clark and his group is bought in, they're still going to go play against players that are training in daily training environments. They're going to beat the piss out of them. If you cannot do it right, if you cannot do it right and sink the time to assemble and actually develop versus assemble and learn a line out and then go get slaughtered, you shouldn't do it. Do it right or don't do it.
1: So you're basically saying that all of our coaches are paid and none of our players are paid, and we're paying money to a D1A championship to pay travel expenses for colleges where we knew the finalists before it even started.
2: You won't catch me
1: defending D1A rugby. and then we've told her on the 20s, we're not going to pay for you. And you're going to have to pay your own way, which is exactly what we've done.
2: You will so, not catch me defending D1A rugby. I uh,
1: totally understand you're not defending it. And I, and I think that you took, we're arguing about the same thing. I'm just saying that college rugby isn't the development area. College rugby is a place to go have fun. That's not a place to be a pro, bro. It's
2: not. It is in Central Washington, DYU, at Cal at Lindenwood, at Life, at Davenport. Maybe, maybe it is the place to be a
1: pro. Um, that just haven't hasn't been proven.
0: Yeah. All right. I think we can need to wrap this this puppy up and revisit it to see uh <laughs> you know, see how we do. Um to do, I think we need to do a show. We've we got we to find some solutions on some of this stuff. Um, that is going to do it for us here on Rugged Matrix America. And, you know, I um, I talked to a, a referee. I can't remember his name who told me that he downloads his Rugged Matrix America podcast. And while he's doing his running, he listens to us. And I think that that is a really great idea that you make Rugged Matrix America part of your workout uh, you know, if 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 it, nothing, we just you – know, Bruce can just get your blood pressure uh, moving and your adrenaline moving and maybe you have the best workout you ever had. So download it from iTunes. Download it. In fact, you can download it directly from Golf Rugby Report where you see the links um, and uh, save it on your device of choice and listen to it while you make yourself fitter, stronger and Better. That's the way to go. Don't forget that Rugged Matrix America is brought to you by Aircraft Charter Solutions. You can check out RuggerMatrix.com for the Rugger Matrix International show as well, which is always worth a look and worth a listen. And for the the, the two coaches on this show, uh, for Bruce McLean and Pat Clifton, this is Alex Goff saying thank you for listening to Rugga Matrix America. And I've got your bets recorded, so we're going to see.